You're listening to Filmed in Canada, a podcast about Canadian movies. This is William Lee, and I'm just introducing this installment, the second part of Alexander's talk with Vancouver-based indie filmmakers Matthew Blay and Manny Mahal. In a moment, we'll cut to their talk already in progress. We hope you're enjoying this extended interview with local filmmakers. Next time, we'll have another discussion about a Canadian movie more of you may have seen. We welcome your feedback on our Facebook page, look for Filmed in Canada podcast, and go to the iTunes store to leave us a review if you like what we're doing. Tell your friends to check out our other content on filmedincanada.net. Thank you again for listening. Welcome to another episode of the Filmed in Canada podcast. I'm Alexander Cairns. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Uh, Matthew Taylor Blay. I'm a filmmaker in, from Vancouver, based in Kitsilano right now. And I'm Manny Mahal. I'm also a filmmaker born and raised here in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. And when you're in a theater, you can't scrub back and see it happen real, <laughs> like, really, really quickly. Yeah. But no, I was really happy with how it played. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I've thought about for Very years, yeah. which is like... Uh, I love I love festivals and I love playing in festivals and, and it's like a way to have your film screened in a theater. It's great, um, but there's always just something uh, like as a as someone you know who loves when you make your film and, and you love your own movie and you know like it, you've just worked on it so so long. It's hard just to give that all up into someone to just kind of go like yay or nay, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you're just kind of putting the fate of your own film where you own and control every other element of it into somebody else's hands, sometimes blindly. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of some sort of model of distribution on our end of things to you know, facilitate a release of our films the way, we want it, the way we want it to happen, or at least so that it can exist in some form that we're satisfied mm-hmm. with, um, has been always in my mind. And it just seemed like the, the most obvious was some sort of internet platform. Mm-hmm. So we made a YouTube page called Seattle Cinema, which is Manny's production company, and we've produced some films under that name. Forest Movie was produced as like a Seattle Cinema production. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we've started to release films that are, say, just different, I guess, that, that need a home, need a place to, to play. Um, and there might be, there's probably a, more of an emphasis on avant-garde, underground stuff, just judging, just coming from, from my own work and the films I make and, and Manny and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're kind of starting with the people close to us and our friends that, you know, whose films we really love that have either been lucky enough to play a cool festival or something or, or maybe not, um, but then I've just kind of sat, sat around since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then branching out from there and it's going to become this thing where it's not just a place to release our own films, but we want to release you know, just films we really love that we think deserve to be seen. So we're open to submissions from people and uh, we want to make it more interactive where we want to build off the, the YouTube page, which is just basically like an online screening room right now. Yeah. And maybe make a website where we can host interviews with the filmmaker and, okay. you know, link reviews and press. And we want to start doing like slates where, you know, trailers for the next four films we're releasing kind of come out together but right now we're just kind of individually releasing the films we want to release as as it is appropriate mm-hmm. yeah. and we started with two of Manny's shorts yeah the uh the two sh- the two shorts that started was um actually I'll get into that in a second I was going to say something about the online thing mm-hmm. is that uh 
Yeah, when you first start kind of making films, you kind of make shorts right away because they're kind of easier to, yeah. to do, and that's kind of always the common thing. I mean, you hear like you know stories of your favorite filmmakers, like a, like Paul Thomas Anderson making like a short that gets made into a feature, and you're kind of yeah. going along that path. And uh, and then so we started kind of making these shorts, and then they would play at festivals, and we'd be so excited about that, like wow, like it's playing at a festival, and you get all kind of hopped up in all this energy. And then after that, it kind of goes away, and you realize that's like. That's that kind of it. it. That was it. Yeah. Like there isn't really a short distribution type thing, and I mean maybe you can you look at Vimeo and they have like uh, uh, staff picks. Yeah, is it staff picks or pick of the week. Staff or? picks. Yeah. Staff yeah. picks, and those get like. But again, we don't control them. We picks yeah, those, those aren't yeah. in our hands per se, and it's almost too up to. It's, it's too much in the air when you yeah. do that, yeah. and so and we would always see other shorts at these festivals because again, shorts get programmed sometimes along features, but most, for the most part. They're packaged with other shorts. Yeah. So you meet other short filmmakers and you see all these shorts and you just wonder like, where are these going to go yeah. after this? And it's like, it's a dark yeah. thought that kind of comes out <laughs> right at the end of the festival. Yeah. And um, so we really didn't know where like these things would go, if there'd be distribution for them per se. And then Matt had this idea kind of brewing that why don't we start our own kind of place for this and see if we can kind of build up an audience this way. Yeah. And, uh, and it's all in our within our own control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started by just kind, kind of the way to go and, these yeah. days. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It seems and like even initially you know? it started in my head like three or four years ago yeah. as a physical thing, like yeah. as something we like set up physical screenings and like even maybe get like some sort of grant to travel with it, which yeah. could still happen, right? And I thought yeah. that would be really exciting and interesting. Not really like our own festival, but like our own you know screening series yeah. that gets yeah. that starts here in Vancouver. And we just thought like. Let's just start small and build off of yeah. what do we know? What what can we do right now? And that's yeah. just released films on this Seattle Cinema YouTube mm-hmm. page and build an audience. Because it's really about embracing that platform. Because like for years, a lot of filmmakers, at least I'm speaking personally for myself, is that you look at filmmakers before you for like inspiration and what they might have done to kind of get to a level where yeah. they are. But then you realize in the last like three or four, or last ten years even, things have shifted so dramatically from like mm-hmm. an old model yeah. that now you st- your stuff gets lost. Or, or or you just have to make the decision to, to like move to Hollywood. Or oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that, right? But but for us, it's like not feasible to do certain yeah. kinds of things. So we decided to kind of start this thing where we would have films play on a website rather than try to like charge people for it per se, but like just put it out there. Yeah. You know, and, and see like who wants to see it and promote them as we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of how it builds on top of each other. Builds on yeah, top of each other, yeah. Kind of, kind of like the YouTube model of. Yeah, uh, but, but just as, in general, but as we of, add of, like, in vloggers that build yeah. up an audience, and yeah, then, exactly. And they, and they put out a Patreon page, and exactly. exactly. So and that's that's but as we curate what we want to go on the page, I mean, the the branches grow because now it's not just Manny and his films and people who like that and us. It's like this new person yeah. who brings their past audience and their mm-hmm. past fans, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and they, and then they discover our work from there, and then that gets bigger, and just it seems like the idea is that every film we release also makes the other films grow more. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the idea behind it. So that's why we're kind of open for submissions in that way as well. Because we do see a lot of shorts when you go to these festivals. They're yeah. packaged like five or six at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to see a bunch there. And if you like one, the filmmaker's right there. And you can go up and like, hey, like, mm-hmm. you like your film? You know, talk about that. And that's what I think the YouTube channel, the internet kind of gives you is now you see a film, people can comment like, hey, what was that? Like, they have a question for it. Yeah. So it's almost like a Q&A constantly happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a dialogue. It opens There's a dialogue, dialogue at the same for time. It. And uh, so we started with um, the two short films that I made in the last year, um, The Lift and For My Mother. We opened with For My Mother as kind of our benchmark film. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the film is about uh, the life of my mother, whose name was Cetal, which yeah. is the name of oh, okay. the company yeah. Cetal Cinema. kind yeah, of came yeah. from that. So Yeah, I didn't notice that when I was watching it. <laughs> oh, no, it's not like a, you know, it's not a big, yeah. uh, 
thing for it. But uh, yeah, so we started with that film, and uh, it's had a it's had a uh, really lovely response, and I'm really yeah. excited about it. Yeah, that's great. And and has um, I guess have you been kind of surprised by the audience and who's seeing it and who's who's interacting with it? Hundred percent for sure. Like when I it was a film. So for people who don't know the movie, it's a movie where. Um, it's a single like un- 18 minute. Have you seen it by the way, Alex? I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, it's an 18 minute unbroken take of a POV of my mom's walk to the local grocery store which happened to unfortunately be her last walk. Right. And um it basically isn't the most conventional movie. You know, for sure it's 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 about 18 minutes of this one long take where I narrate kind of things about my mom's life through my eyes as her son like our yeah. relationship. So I knew that it was a movie that I had to make mm-hmm. for myself. Like I didn't really know if it would be playing anywhere. Yeah. Usually, when you again you make a short, you kind of think of this this audience, this kind of mythical, never ever actually meet them audience. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, will they laugh at this? Will they cry at this? This was probably one of the first movies where I kind of was, okay, I need to do this for my own sake, my own personal life, and for my mother, which is kind of the, why the title is like yeah, that. Yeah, it very yeah. much is a gift for my mother in that sense, um, kind of embracing her life. So I had no idea where it would play and what it would do. But I knew I just had to make it. And once I finished it, you know, I showed it to my immediate friends first and they kind of well, incredibly supportive response to it and they really mm-hmm. loved it. So I tried, uh, I talked to, um, or I submitted it to a festival, to Doxa, yeah. where it had its premiere for the first time. It played in front of a bigger audience and that was a huge, like, incredible moment for me. And, um, and playing that with an audience there and having the support that they gave me too was, was really something. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so when Matt kind of approached me with the idea he had for Seedle Cinema being this YouTube channel, I think we both kind of agreed, like he was one first to bring it up, but like we should really start with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was a very powerful and moving film that I think you, I mean, I don't know, I obviously can't speak, but we weren't finding those kinds of movies like on YouTube per se or on, on right. Vimeo in a way. Like there was kind of more than just the old quick like five minute funny video. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah. So we started with that and then I think, I don't know how much is that now, but it, it, it really kind of blew up with comments right away. Like, like really quickly about mm-hmm. how many people not just talked about how much the movie meant to like how they felt during it but a lot of people responded with like this inspired me or like this makes me want to do something like this yeah, this makes yeah. me want to do that and that was like a huge thing that you, we couldn't have really gone any other short if we just let it die out Yeah, you know but now we had had this source this kind of YouTube channel or this place to pit the movies where you could find an audience and keep a dialogue going for it Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was like a huge thing for the film and worked out really well. Yeah. yeah. And I guess a, a legacy for your, for your mom. Yeah. It now exists on the internet, which is really kind of nice. I didn't, I didn't know where it would be. I thought, oh, again, like I made it mm-hmm. to have in my drawer forever. Yeah. As a kind of, this will always be there for me and maybe anyone who wants to know about my mother. Yeah. And because uh, again, when you make these things, you're very much like kind of uh, got the blinders on. Yeah. But now with so many people responding, like we were kind of very confident just paying it out there for a lot of people to take in because I've mm-hmm. noticed that from making... I had made a few films before this yeah. that were very much like, oh, I'm going to rip off everything like Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to be a movie about this stuff. And like, I made like a film noir feature and it was all these things I was like ripping from people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like no one liked them because <laughs> they weren't really anything yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. They were just kind of old things recycled. Yeah. And then I started kind of going into very personal stuff. And the more personal I got, the more appeal you got from other people, the yeah. more I touched others in mm-hmm. a sense of like, they, they felt so much more from it. And that's when yeah. I learned like, hey, I can make a movie about other movies or I can make a movie that's very important to me. Yeah. And maybe somehow through like the kind of prism, I guess, of cinema in a way, it'll become important to somebody else. And that's kind of what For My Mother became for a lot of people. And then I made a second short, 
like almost around the same time. Yeah. Because because uh, this is before any movies had really come out and people started watching them, so we all just like making things like mm-hmm. quick uh, turnaround. I had made this movie called The Lift, which um, were you able to catch up? On I that did. One yeah, too? yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on yeah. it actually, and uh, or on both films. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Maybe. Um, it was a film where it was just made in a garage about a guy just working out, just slowly working on his craft, and like again. That was something that it's funny when I look back on it. It's like, why haven't I made that before? Because like I grew up mm-hmm. with like that character is literally me. Like he, what he does is what I do all the time without thinking about. It. Like I always have this kind of. I grew up playing lots of sports, and Matt did as well. So we had come from this background of like working on your craft, like quietly and solemnly. And like the book the character has to log all his workout stuff is like my original book yeah, that yeah. I had for like years. And it's just about a guy working out and kind of going through all the doubts. And battles and conflicts mentally and physically that happens with it and i just took that idea and kind of just made a movie about it and kind of add, you know of course made it more cinematic and added things that only the cinema could do and again similar thing like i just played that and i remember thinking to myself okay it's a guy just working on his garage like maybe a couple other gym rats might like appreciate that yeah but then it's it played, very universal though yeah it played at oh, totally, VIF, yeah, and at yeah. VIF, people came out to me like wow i can apply this to my life in this way yeah, in that yeah, way yeah, and yeah. i was just like Man, it that was a very, crazy. It's a giant, obvious metaphor. Yeah, it's a sure. big, like, yeah, yeah, it's a big, like, battle that everyone goes through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I was making it, I literally thought the same thing. Like, no one's going to watch this. It's just about a guy working out, like, I used well, to Well, because it's, it's interesting, because when I was watching it, it, it's kind of like watching a Richard Linklater movie and, like, mm. thinking that something oh, wow. terrible is going to happen. Oh, <laughs> and then to, then it yeah, does, yeah. It it's happen. just his own thing. <laughs> like, like, I was expecting, like, oh, no, once he lifts the weight at the end, like, it's going to yeah. crash down on him. He's going to break his oh, back dude. or something. Like, well, that's what happened. I did. I physically hurt myself really oh, badly shit, doing yeah. that exact same stupid idea of just beating myself. Like, I was trying to lift all this weight for what? Like, that's yeah. what I had to learn. That's what this character kind of does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the interesting thing. Like, at the end of the movie, I guess this is kind of spoilerish or whatever, but it's yeah. seven minutes, is that he lifts his weight up. And I had moments where I had the actor kind of like, okay, like, in the original script, he lifts it up drops it and we had this moment of like for what like who saw this and who cares about this yeah, yeah, yeah. and the guy like realizes that and that was like i guess a depiction of where i was at the time i was very depressed it was like right after my mother had passed away right, right, right. when i made the lift almost i think a month after i just oh, wow. i just had to you know to get over to attempt to get over something like that you kind of have to bury yourself in work and that's yeah. kind of what the lift was for me it was yeah. an easy way to bury myself like i was editing that thing like nuts and as you know from the film it's edited like heavily yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's good distraction and um but i had the character have that moment and then i remember showing it for friends and one of my friends said like hey like you should just like have him lift it and see what people take from it so yeah. i've had certain people who were like oh my god he achieved his goal that's amazing and other people who were like, "Wow, you should just go," but like now, why? Just a dude in a garage. No one or like, saw that. Or like that was at what cost? That, yeah, that was. Um, well, yeah, like, I that was ill advised or like. Yeah, you know, yeah, so many things. Why is he pushing himself? But again, kind of like Sisy- force movie. Sisyphus, right? Yeah, there's that, that kind of idea too. But it's like force movie that way, where it's like some people were taking different meanings from the endings. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then yeah, I just found that really unique, and I think it still is like that with it playing on YouTube is still people are taking different endings. Yeah, the <laughs> response to both films was really, yeah, really good. Yeah, it's been really, really good. Really and uh, it's been a good start to that kind of thing for us. Yeah. So. And I think people can tell when something's personal. I think when, yeah, it's, I think not, comes when across, it's not like yeah, it manipulated and manufactured. Like when it comes from somewhere where, like you said, you just had to make it and mm-hmm. it didn't matter who saw it or what. Yeah. It, it, was, it was something bigger than yourself and yeah. bigger than all that. You it's a strange had, thing. It just had to be made. And it just came out of you. Yeah. I think those the reason those films can be potentially more successful. Um, should we hide? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, they know we're here. 
because it's, uh, it's probably going to end up being the building across the street, unfortunately. Yeah, because there's always what kind of podcast are they doing over there? Yeah, <laughs> always um, emergency calls to that building. Uh, Hopefully, it's not but too yeah, much. the reason those I think the reason those become more successful potentially mm-hmm. um, is because I think people can pick up on that. Yeah, I think when they when they tell it when 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 you can tell it comes from someplace genuine. Yeah, um, and that's where you have to trust them. That's the thing I've, I've yeah. learned a lot too from like this is the thing with with the lift and from my mother and like forest movies like I already spent a bunch of years making other movies that no one's ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or they I mean maybe they, you know friends have seen of course, but no one's ever cared about it. Yeah. And then as soon as you kind of, as Matt was saying, you know, you make something that's really authentic to you and very important to you. Yeah. You, all of a sudden the audience gets that. Whereas yeah. before I was always trying to pander to them. Well, like, but, but, I, but, I, but I think also maybe, maybe you guys, like, like more so for you specifically, Manny, mm-hmm. I don't know, but maybe that you, you feel more comfortable actually wanting to create a platform for people to see it. Yeah. Because, because you're... You, it's something that you're more passionate about actually wanting to share oh, because it's yeah. like this is yeah. this 100%. is something that really yeah, speaks it's a val- to me. It's a validation for it too. Yeah. Like now, it, with this growing and you know it hopefully being on its way, and who knows where it'll be two years from now. But it's kind of we've kind of set ourselves up to to always have a reason to make something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, so far the reasons have just at least for me just been me wanting to make this. But yeah. there's like this extra. Uh, motivation there is like not only do you want to make it because you know you fall in love with this idea and you just kind of have to do it but you also know beforehand that it's gonna at least have a place to be seen and appreciated yeah Yeah. you know theoretically and that that was a big thing whereas yeah right now we don't before that we didn't really have that you know so maybe i've been making movies not even thinking about the movie i was making but hoping that it would lead to something else maybe right and as soon as I like shifted that to be like, no, 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 like this is the movie I'm making. This is where all my eggs would be in this basket. I'm yeah, working yeah, on yeah. this one thing. And then that led to where we are now with like having this mm-hmm. YouTube channel that has a bit of an audience growing. Mm-hmm. So now when I make, now when I can make a movie, I kind of feel this little relief. Like, okay, like, you know, maybe I can make this to go somewhere with it maybe or, or, mm-hmm. or make it a bigger thing with, with the right but people usually, seeing it. It's, it's an afterthought. But it's usually. an afterthought now because it's like, you know, now it's kind of nice to have... I can always have it here. Like it's got a home once yeah. it's done, and it's yeah, kind yeah. of a nice thing to, to kind of have in your back pocket. But yeah, it does become an afterthought when you're making the movie, man. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, but you're you're making yeah, it. It shouldn't. Like, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. I think if you're too worried about that from the start, you're just kind of setting yourself up to to have a like a, oh. a bit of a mess of a movie. A yeah. horrible yeah. time you're from not, experience. I can tell you, it is a horrible. Well, I'm not time saying I, I actually like your early films a lot. Like I think. Yeah, I think, I think personally, I was I was thinking like that though, like unashamedly, I yeah. was thinking in those in those kind of narcissistic ways for it. But I, yeah. I was young then, yeah. is what I like to say. You get you get you get messy films made that way <laughs> if, you, if you're. It's got to come. It's got to be genuine. You got to love the ideas or the images yeah. you're making or, or something. Because you can't just, hide. Yeah. You really can't. That's one thing yeah. you notice when you watch movies. Almost in like five or six seconds, you can like tell if this person gave a shit or not. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking it's about. Like it's like nuts. You can tell. You can tell with cinema like, yeah. if this person cares. Like you can read a book and you can kind of go along with it for a while, but you know maybe the guy cared. I don't know. But like you can't hide with the when you have the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, I guess a few technical things that I was interested in, mm-hmm. in talking about with uh, with the lift and and for my mother. Um, I guess for my mother, I feel to a certain extent, it's just kind of something that you need to watch, and and it's not really something that that I would want to discuss in a, in a typical mm. yeah, format of of like you know what what about this like how how it's hard how you like hard. what focal yeah. length you use it's on the yeah. like, yeah. like it's just it's just such a personal yeah. thing, and um, and I guess the filmmaking itself is. Like there's no edits or anything, so like mm-hmm. the, like formally, it's it's just kind of yeah. it's there to let you 
ruminate on what you're talking about mm-hmm. and um, the I guess the the yeah. sort of end result of it all. But um, I, was, I guess I guess just one thing that kind of stuck out for me is it, it just seemed to be very kind of serendipitous that you end up walking past. Uh, like an ambulance. Oh, it was it yeah. was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that was our. I think I want to say that was our third. I don't. Day. I don't know if serendipity is the right word, but <laughs> yeah, I got what you meant. It's, yeah, it's foreshadowing. It's a yeah, subtle. it's 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 a happy accident. It's one of those things when you're making a film where like so many things can go wrong, but then all of a sudden all things go right on one yeah, take. Yeah, yeah. So mm. that day was our third day of trying it. Oh, okay. We had tried it the two weekends earlier. But we were trying and that's we had no idea what to do. So it was me and my cinematographer, Gary Tutai, who also shot Forest Movie right. and shot The Lift as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like such a talent. And we're just like, yeah, yeah. He's unreal. And he had a Steadicam rig to be able to pull this kind of shot off. And mm-hmm. I know he had done Steadicam work before and he was very talented at it. And this was not an easy feat. That was the first things I think. And of course, he knew my mother intimately as well. Like we were good yeah, friends yeah. and everything. So he was like, like I asked when I asked of him, I didn't know what I was doing. But I was like, hey, I want to do this one shot. That's a POV from my house to the grocery store where my mother, uh, um, where her life ended. And um, he was like, hey, I'm in. Like, I'm doing that. And then once I told him, like, hey, it's about 20 minute walk, he was like, okay, well, uh, all right, we'll see. Because, like, the city can bring is heavy. Yeah, and I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the first couple times we did it, like, he would get to the end and he would just fall. Yeah. Like onto the ground, like dead, exhausted. Yeah, like it's yeah. nuts. It's amazing that we had, had to pull that off. Is it is way. it what like like sixty pounds or? Oh, it's maybe like thirty or forty, yeah. okay, I yeah. think. But it's but it's like it's, it's a hot suit. Too, it's yeah, you know, he's like, like wearing the rig, and yeah. and uh, and yeah, it takes its toll. And every now and then, so because I knew that it had to be this one long walk, I didn't know if it would be twenty minutes, like fully. It might be thirty. Right. It might be, I yeah, didn't know. Yeah. So the first couple times we go out there, well, actually, I should specify really quick the reason that I wanted to do a POV walk is that, um, I guess, you know, spoiler or whatever, but my mom gets to the grocery store and she gets hit by a car that didn't see her. Yeah. And my mom obviously didn't see it. And the craziest thing in the whole situation, it happens at a superstore, a very populated yeah, yeah, yeah. area, but there were no witnesses. The driver never saw it. He felt it. I assume he was texting and driving because it yeah. sounds like that kind of situation. Um I can't say that for sure, but that's what I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll excuse my mom is not around to talk about her end. Right. But like the gas station attendants in the area didn't see it. Nobody saw it. Yeah. It was like she just died and it was it. That was like someone told me a story about how she died and I, I guess I have to go with that because there was no corroborating yeah, evidence yeah, yeah, yeah. for anything. And that, that drove me nuts for like months. I was I mean, it still drives me nuts to this day. But that's why the idea of doing a POV from her point of view of just walking the same path. Yeah kind of gave me a little closure in a sense that like at least right. I'm seeing what she saw all the way to the end. Yeah. So that's why I had to do it the way it is. That's why I yeah, had to yeah. do one long point of view take. My point of view it was like whenever we came to a crosswalk, the camera would have to look both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever like, you know, something had alerted the frame, the camera like moved towards it, like a bird, it would move towards it because it would catch your eye. So that's why we had to do it that way and which is why I was very adamant. I'm like, it's gotta be one on broken take. I can't throw an edit mm-hmm. in there because it's gotta be like that. So. Unfortunately, the world doesn't let you make your movie the way you want to do it. So we would get to like a crosswalk and the light would just go red and we would miss it. And we'd stand there for a full 30 seconds. And you can just tell like, hey, this is getting, I can't, I can't sustain this 30 seconds. I'm just standing there like it's getting heavy. And then we would start walking and then maybe like a car would stop right in front of us. And we'd have to like, oh, and the guy would look right at the camera and like right at us and we see our reflection in the car window. And we'd be like, oh, and we try to go like around it. And so we would have all these takes just interrupted by things and, and stuff happening. And every now and then someone 
would stop right in front of the camera and ask, oh, hey, what are you guys doing? You guys got a camera right here, like <laughs> yeah. right in front. And it would just drive us nuts. It's like, oh, it's the new, uh, oh. new prank or whatever. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. People think we were like just having to like, make like a YouTube video or something like silly. But Everyone they would interrupt us all the time. Yeah, yeah everybody wants to like, get in front of it for some yeah, yeah. reason. Which is kind of strange because like, we made that in 2015. And now it seems whenever a camera's around, people are like hiding their faces yeah, yeah, already yeah. within two years. But anyways, to get back to the, the take as, as well is that that morning we did one shot. And it was so cold that the battery died. Oh, wow. A full battery died in the camera halfway there. So we're like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. Come back to the house. Try it again. And someone interrupted the shot. Yeah, and, and like Gary's like like we can we can only do one or two of these a day because yeah. of how heavy and straining it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. And here we did two attempts broken already. They weren't even like finished attempts or anything. Yeah, yeah. So we get back to the house, and I remember we were even, we were thinking like I don't know if we even want to do another one today because Gary was like pretty done. Yeah. And I don't want to like, pin him through it, but he was like, "It's just <laughs> screw it. Let's at least finish one today, and then we yeah, can try yeah. again next weekend maybe." So we start out and we start going down, and then everything just opens up. We didn't hit like a single light that like stopped us. Yeah, yeah. And we would pass by in the crazy and we would pass by, you know, like old ladies on the way. I'm not saying my mom, mom, my mother was like middle aged. We passed by like an older Indian woman around the same age as mom. She would pass by. There was a time where a cat would just like lead us around a corner. Like our eyes kept moving to things very comfortably. Nothing distracting, but just like generally the the image was always, life was happening in the image the whole way through. And then we would pass and there'd be an ambulance on one side, you yeah. know, things would catch your attention so naturally through it. And like, there were times we would get to the end and right at the end, people would jump in front of you. Like, because it's a grocery store, everyone's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get to the end and like the pathway just opened up and there was no one in sight and it all just worked out. And I knew like when we cut that one, that well, was no, yeah, because that, that was one thing I was thinking is like, did were you, did you have like a crew that was trying to like keep People no, it was just yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just Gary with the camera yeah. and me behind with the mic to just capture all that natural audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I recorded the voiceover yeah. afterwards. And the craziest part is I recorded the voiceover in one long take as well. Oh, really? yeah, yeah. And I just dropped it into the timeline with the video after it was all done and I didn't touch it. Yeah. Yeah, she just lined up the exact amount of line on the walk is the exact line of the Were you recording audio. the voiceover while watching no. the video? Oh, oh okay. no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I had written I'd written a kind of a short story, I guess you could say, yeah. of how I felt about my mom's passing. I had to deal with it somehow, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. with the lift, I was able to dive into that. And I dove into writing. So I wrote like these, these uh, kind of a short story about times I had stayed with my mom. I just took the best ones or the ones I thought might be the most relevant, I guess, to people. Yeah, or yeah. To really, not to people per se, but to really paint a picture. Like the best colors of a painting I took, basically. And I just recorded those in one long thing. And they ended up just lining up so well. And then, yeah, then I, I reached out to a band I really liked in high school and just asked them for their music. And they and I showed them the movie and they just said, take it. Yeah. Like, it's yours to, to, to have it. So then I had I had licensed music, too, for the first time yeah, in my yeah. life. And I was able to apply that in. And then it just, it was very strange how at the end of the day, it all just worked out the best it could have. So I was really happy. Like, And that's kind of the, the worst part, too, is that it's a movie that I wish I never had to make. But yeah, it, just, yeah. it, was, it made itself. So that's how yeah. I answer your question. Yeah, sure. No, that's great. And another thing with for my mother um, around noticing that everything was lining up perfectly is that I think I sent Matt the very first link and Matt said, don't change a thing. And that was really the, the, the big motive. Like, that's when I knew that I could just leave it the way it was because I trust like, Matt's word for a lot of these things. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and when he said, don't change a thing for me, that's when I, that's, so the final film you're seeing is the first one that Matt saw. It was very, the, pretty much the first cut. Mm, wow. So. Hmm. And then 
with the lift, mm-hmm. there were a few things that kind of caught my eye or or my ear as well. I guess. Yeah. The I, I the the one thing that 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 sort of struck me the most was the first sort of two thirds maybe mm-hmm. of the short are all kind of very close up, and the whatever the character I don't know if the character has a name. Not really. Yeah. The, the yeah, dude. The dude. When he attempts to do the the like the whatever four hundred four hundred pound deadlift and and fails at it the first time and then you cut to the to more of like a wide mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if you, I don't know if I don't know enough about like cinematography and lenses and stuff. But where did it seemed like all of a sudden he felt a lot smaller. Yeah. And and like slighter in frame. Yeah. So I did that that was just a really striking image mm-hmm. because you, because you're kind of in his head of like yeah I'm gonna fucking bulk up yeah. and like here's Arnold here's Arnold yeah. more Arnold <laughs> so yeah. much Arnold my uh, Arnold that's fetish kind of came it's through. so important to have a mentor and I love mm-hmm. that touch in the film yeah, yeah. Like that, that's one thing too I, I like I have an unashamed again just unbashed I love Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> like and all my friends always like they like laugh about all that but like, I really do is that like your garage or? yeah that actually that was and that's my roommate we built that gym together nice. uh, a couple years back nice. And yeah, those and all those and it was the hardest part of the lift was making those Arnold posters. Yeah, because that was one of my favorite Arnold books was all these photos and I had to cut them out. Oh no! <laughs> and glue them on the wall. <sighs> Just surprise possession that Arnold. But now book. they live forever. But now they live forever. And yeah, yeah, so like things like that is when I started infusing my films with like those things that like I was unashamedly like I yeah, love yeah, all yeah. death. So I pin him in this movie and yeah, it kind of worked in that way. But um, do you need to like? Ask Arnold's permission? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. This was one where I was, people like, yeah, I've had that question before. Yeah. And I was like, I wish, man, if I got sued <laughs> yeah. by Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> man, that'd be the greatest. <laughs> oh, man. I almost like use it as an excuse, like hopefully he watches one day and just like says like good work or something, anything. <laughs> if he watched it, I would retire from filmmaking. Like, I'm not topping that. <laughs> I'm not topping that, man. But you no, could, so you far, could talk, or, you, could, you could get or, him in a movie. or get him to get him to blow up your garage with a rocket launcher. Or something. Yeah, anything. And you know what's funny when people when Arnold was making this like comeback, I guess yeah, like yeah. I might have been the only one who was so down yeah. for this. Like I remember seeing The Last Stand in theaters, and that was the first Arnold movie I'd ever seen in theaters because all the other ones came yeah, out yeah. before. And when he showed up on screen, I stood up. I was like. Oh. I stood up and clapped and everyone else was like what the fuck is this guy doing and I remained standing until the scene finished because that's the first scene I've seen with Arnold in a theater I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. now I've lost half your audience but anyways back to we, the we don't yeah. have much of an audience oh, okay. so. hopefully you'll gain some here maybe yeah. of Arnold, Arnold fans. fans yeah we'll, we'll tag it Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger yeah. But, uh, but the reason I guess you can say the reason I jumped out wide for that is that I was in a garage for the whole movie and I spent lots of time in that garage and I was thinking on a cinematic level, I have to change things up here. The movie had this huge momentum going of close-ups and shots and sounds and, and everything kind of happening that when he fails, it can't just be like the same style can't persist through this moment. Yeah, I yeah. have to change the style. And it's something that actually, I don't know, I, I want to say it's from High and Low, this Kurosawa film, you've seen oh, that yeah, film? Yeah. Where he would always kind of like, when things were happening that were very intense, he would kind of like jump out. A little bit to see like how everyone else was reacting to right, it, right, right, right. And this was a movie where no one else was reacting to it. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, I definitely remember watching that movie, thinking it, it's, so, it's really oh, it's interesting how, how you brilliant. get the perspective of ten different people yeah. in a single. Because they're all like thinking about different things. There's like yeah. the cops in that one, like yeah. kind of thinking about how they're gonna plan. And there's a guy who has like it's the hostage, his son hostage or something. Like, well, the, the, it's the, it's the, the, the servant that yeah. gets his son kidnapped, but then they, it. They, it, he thought the the kidnapper thought it was the rich person's child. That they yeah, could, yeah, that they could yeah that's right. Oh, yeah. man, I gotta I gotta rewatch that. I, I yeah. got that. I love that movie. But anyways, yeah. they uh, but yeah, the reason they did that, 
I guess, or the reason I think Kurosawa took from it, I don't know for sure. But it felt like, wow, now he's seeing all these perspectives as this like, major shift had occurred in the movie. Yeah. So I did the same thing, but the perspective was just one person still. So I wanted to back all the way out to come back to the reality of like, nah, this is just a dude in a really dirty garage. Yeah. Like that's the scenes leading up to it is like, wow, look at him go, like working out and yeah. the sounds are exciting and, and this is fun. You're whip panning. Whip panning. And <laughs> I'm using everything in the book that yeah. I've ever learned from like, I'm ripping everything I cut off from yeah, people yeah. that I love. And then we jump all the way out and you realize like, this is not that exciting. Like yeah. in reality, it's not that exciting. Just yeah. one dude there. And, uh, and it was a big moment too. Like, and uh, it's something that people, it's funny, something I brought up though is that when they work out, they listen to music. Right, everyone listens to music yeah, when they yeah. work out. But this guy wasn't doing that. He was just listening to the sounds of the gym. So when he failed and everything stopped, yeah. the music wasn't going to keep him in the mood to like continue to the next yeah. set and push forward. Yeah, everything yeah. just stopped dead. And that's why I think it was more impactful. Because yeah. I went against the rules of where the movie was going and right. the rules of like lifting. Because yeah. you, you got to have your music. <laughs> and the fact that there was none of that like made people go, like, whoa, this is... Like other lifters talked about that. How yeah. like, Man, if he had music, he'd just power right through. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but that's the point, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so. Yeah, and, and speaking of music, was that original? Yep, it was all original sounds yeah, from yeah. the gym and put together by the same sound as I or, did. Or no, sorry, well. sorry, the actual music though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Monty, right? I was still, still the same guy, uh, yeah. Menvinder Dak. He's a, he, he did the sound for this movie and oh, okay. he does. He does. He's a great scores. sound mixer and yeah. stuff like that. He does the score for the lift yeah. as well as put together the audio. What, what were those version. drums? They're Japanese drums. Oh, okay. Kodo drums. Yeah, yeah. That's like, like that's one of the things with, with, with editing like sounds and stuff. If you're with a if you're working with a, a composer, that's kind of yeah. like your friend and stuff like that, and you spend like these long nights trying to figure out what to do. Because originally that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. But we were just like hanging out one night trying to work on it, and, and he's just playing like every audio thing in his in his arsenal. Like try how about these horns or these things? And I'm just like I don't know, man. Like I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> I can't think. And then he just looked at our main character. And he's like, the main character's name is Yoris. Yeah. Like the, the, kid, the my roommate's name is Yoris, who yeah, lifted yeah. the weight. He's like, Yoris is Japanese, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he just like opens up his like Japanese tab of music and just goes to and he finds these drums. Yeah. And here's the other sad part about the drum about uh, my obsession with Arnold is that he started playing the drums and then I was like, move aside. And then we started. I was like, okay, like, keep going with that. And I got into it and I was like, okay, can you play the drums in the Terminator style soundtrack? <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. and he did and I was like that's gotta be it <laughs> so if you notice I rip off the Terminator nice. soundtrack but just use it yeah. with Japanese drums yeah, yeah, yeah. it does sound like that so like nice. <laughs> so Arnold was there to be the motivational music as well <laughs> let's get that that's Terminator awesome. soundtrack no, just it's, with it's a great drums. rhythm yeah. so yeah. yeah and that's what kind of carried the ending and yeah. having all those noises kind of and it all kind of comes back in a huge way. yeah no because it's, it's an interesting mix because it's kind of it's musical but it also is kind of building off the sound design as well like mm -hmm. it's, it's blending really it's blending smoothly, within yeah. to the whole thing of when you because when you work out you're lifting that weight with all the strength you've gained from every other lift you've done so that's why the ending when he does he's going for the big lift we see and we hear every other lift he's ever oh, done because okay, it yeah, all yeah. does accumulate mm. to this moment and uh, so that's what I was trying to get across with that whole thing and then of course I had to sprinkle Arnold Schwarzenegger throughout <laughs> and then the Terminator soundtrack nice unabashedly Nice. Just uh, don't tell. No, please do. Tell, please tell, tell Arnold tell, tell if you can. <laughs> don't tell James Cameron though, because he's gonna come after me with a hammer. Yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be who, down. Uh, tell Arnold. Who did the score for Terminator? It wasn't Arnold. <laughs> in my mind, Arnold wrote, directed, and edited, and did every role in all the movies he's ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care how many IMDb credits you show me, well, he's such a nice guy that he just like lets people take credit. There's one man who could. It'd be, It'd him. be him. Anyways, I'll probably get like scrutinized forever for this. I will always defend Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's it's awful seeing my can't leave a movie theater even if it's a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just have to. It's just the way, the way it is. Even if it's also, Expendables 2? The Incredibles Challenge, I've seen Expendables. Expendables, oh, Expendables yeah. 2. Well, that's what Arnold was in, right? Yeah. So that's the only one I've seen. It's garbage. I don't, dude, I'm watching that. But that's something, though. I know, like, hey, with Arnold movies, you can't watch them thinking that your life will change forever coming out of them or anything like that. Yeah. I sit back and I watch, and I go, holy shit, this dude came from a little house in Austria <laughs> and is on a big screen now across the world. What an amazing yeah. story he that will, is. He will yeah. always be admirable for that fact. Like, you try to go to a foreign country that you don't speak a lick of their language and become the biggest superstar. Yeah. yeah. It's, and then marrying to the it's royal not family. It's anyone could do. No. Everything he's ever tried to do, he's accomplished yeah. beyond yeah. expectation of any other person. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when he the things he decides to do, they're not they're not simple things. It's not like, oh, I think I'll hike that mountain. It's like, no, I'm going to be the governor governor of California. California. Or I'm going to be the world's biggest movie star. Or, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna the get first fi- time dude. he trained for bodybuilding with a trainer, the very first time he said, "I'm going to be Mr. Olympia." Yeah. Think about it. He went to a foreign he was, country. He, two years ago, he was. Two years later, yeah, when he was he old won, enough to like, qualify, he, he won. Uh, for he won like eight, seven, eight strains in a row or seven something? Seven or eight strains. Like, he yeah. goes to another country and doesn't like get famous for anything. He gets famous for lifting weights. Have, have anyone tried to get famous yeah, for lifting he, weights? He, he invented a sport, basically, and then became a huge superstar of the through sport. it. Yeah. yeah. Incredible yeah, so, stuff, man. Yeah. Sorry, but it's, it's so like, I get the love. He's, yeah, he's, I, it's it's one of those things. It's 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 a curse to me that I will always like. It's it's a bad thing, maybe that I'm blinded by it, but yeah. I will always be blinded by yeah. it. <laughs> and no matter what anyone says to me, I just this is the way I'm gonna be, man. I'm sorry, I just love Arnold Schwarzenegger. And how much I love Arnold Schwarzenegger was personified by the amazing thing that we did when we went. We to did. Canada. We went to his house. We went to Arnold Schwarzenegger's actual house. Wow. Yeah, in, in Austria. Tal, Austria. Oh, like his his childhood, his childhood, childhood home. home. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it I like a museum now? Yeah, it is. It's a nice. damn good museum. I'll say that one of the top five I think I've ever been to. And I've been to like <laughs> some really fancy ones. This one's up there, man. Nice. This one's legendary. Nice. And uh, no one else would go but me, I'm sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's as good a place as any to, to end this. <laughs> I'm just getting started. I'm on a roll discussion. now, man. We can go over anything. Do you, it was a little fun fact with Arnold, though. Yeah. What's his very first movie credit? No idea. Oh, it's a. Uh, you know it. It's a yeah, I do. It's a, it's the um, it's the Robert Altman film. Robert Altman's A Long Goodbye. Yeah, a Long oh, really? Goodbye. That's his he first. He carries credit. that guy. He like, plays a henchman in the back of one of oh, his yeah. scenes. Really? Yeah. So Robert Altman sure saw does. the star potential. <laughs> yeah. And was like, this has to be bigger than Hawkeye from Mash and everything. This we, is. We owe it to to Robert. Robert Altman. Nice. Schwarzenegger you know? and McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, easily Almond's best work is Schwarzenegger and the game. This is cool. So maybe if you, if you guys can just plug your your stuff online, Twitter. Yeah. Or, uh, well, uh, the Manny's films right now are up on Seidel Cinema, which is S I T A L, um, and there's gonna be a lot more coming for that. Yeah. Uh, and. I mean, I just have a Twitter. It's Matt Blay with an extra T, because Matt Taylor Blay. So Matt, two T's, then another T, so three T's, and then Blay, B L A I S, and that's that's basically all you yeah. need to follow me. I uh, I have an Instagram, but I don't post as much as I should. At uh, Manny M fifty nine. Okay. And then also just to plug us, um, Gary, the cinematographer, like all the work we've done. He he's also got a quite a he's got some projects going along too, and you can follow. I think it's at three underscores so like underscore 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 juice and uh and monty who's also kind of going into his own music thing he did the sound design for the lift which is really incredible yeah and he did the sound mix i think as well mm-hmm. or did the sound for force well, he, movie. Yeah, he worked he, into on, on on locations uh sound force movie his is at last man on earth 
and he's okay. kind of I think pushing out some new music he's making himself right now so oh, nice. definitely if, you get, if anyone enjoyed the way our movies sounded the way they looked you should definitely follow those two guys as well yeah and you can you can email me too at Matt Taylor Blay and Taylor's T-A-Y-L-O-R yeah. uh, at Gmail if you want to see Forest Movie or some other work I can send a link mm-hmm. out and I guess Seattle Cinema Distribution if you want to oh yeah and Seattle Cinema Distribution is the email for people to submit their work to us if you know they want to uh, potentially released through the platform. Mm-hmm. And that's at Gmail? Yeah, all Gmail. At Gmail, cool. yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're on, uh, we have a Facebook group if you want to join that. Email at filmedincanada at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Married to a Fly. All right, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>